the patriarchy still is very strong, right? I mean, it's not called history for nothing. Books, all media is, it's made by men and it has been historically. It's changing. There are more women doing it, but even the women's magazines and the women's websites, they're all run by men. We recently actually were acquired by a company that's run by a man. <laughs> Luckily, he lets us do what we want to do. But I mean, it's true. When women tell a story, they're going to tell it a certain way. That was Lori Hensel of Bust Magazine. And this is Shiro's, a podcast with a mission to turn up the volume of women's voices in music across genres and generations. I'm Carmel Holt, and what you're about to hear is a previously aired interview from my syndicated public radio show, Shiro's Radio. Shiro's is a deep dive into the experiences and perspectives of women and gender expansive folks in a still overwhelmingly male-dominated music industry. It's a space where we discuss challenges and triumphs, how far we've come, and how far we still have to go. Telling our stories is the first step to making music better for everyone. This week, I'm super excited to take a bit of a detour from our usual artist interview to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the OG feminist lifestyle and culture publication, Bust Magazine. Founded in 1993 by three women in New York City, Bust started as a zine made of stapled pages and a passion for their cause to make feminism cool again. The personal stories and editorial of Bust struck a chord, and bit by bit, it became a true newsstand magazine a game-changing publication that achieved its mission by featuring women as we wanted to see them, empowered, inspiring, and fully expressed. Now a quarterly magazine, Bust has kept going despite financial challenges along the way and a world which still favors hypersexualized images of women on magazine covers and advertisers that sell unattainable standards of youth and beauty. Bust proudly continues to feature news, entertainment, music, lifestyle, and fashion from a feminist perspective and 30 years on, we need it more than ever. I'm thrilled to welcome Lori Hensel, the co-founder and creative director of Bust, to join us as this week's Shiro in the Spotlight. Lori Hensel, welcome to Shiro's Radio. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. It's an honor to have you here. This is the 30th anniversary this year of Bust. We shocking. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we're here. So I thought that we would start today by just getting the history of Bust. I was a graphic designer. I worked at Nickelodeon, just kind of like a bullshit job. It was production. And I met Debbie Stoller and another woman named Marcel Karp. And they were sort of saying like, yeah, we, you know, we want to do this project get a bunch of people to write, but we don't really know what zines are or how to do it. And I was, you know, in print. So I said, well, I know how to do that. So I can help you put it together. And we started it as a, a zine, which Xerox and stapled. And every issue, if we got a little bit of money for it, we would put it into the next issue. And it very organically and very slowly grew. And then I would say by 96, Seven or 98, we were on newsstands and in stores. And yeah, just kept going from there. I can't believe it's been 30 years, though. Long time. Congratulations, <laughs> I think, are in order. When you first started Bust, was there a central mission that you and your co founders shared? 
Yes. It was really to make women realize that it was okay to call yourself a feminist because back then feminism was really seen as like this horrible taboo thing. It meant that you hated men and it was more like a militant thing. There's nothing wrong with that, of course, but we were interested in pop culture and music. And this was kind of around the time of Riot Girl, And I had always had a lot of female rock heroes. I was more involved in the music industry before I worked at Nickelodeon. But yeah, we just kind of wanted to show women that it was cool to be a feminist. And there was lots of things to celebrate about being a woman. We were really a reaction to all the other women's media out there, which was very negative always telling you how to dress, how to diet, how to get the guy. And we were much more interested in like celebrating ourselves. And also, especially in the early days, there was a lot of content about sexual agency and making sure that you had an orgasm. Because as teenagers, all the magazines were like how to pleasure him, how to give him the best blowjob. And, you know, that was obviously bullshit. And no one was really talking about that stuff back then. I mean, now it's completely changed. You know, there was a thing called sex positive feminists that I actually think were very inspired by Bust. I've seen a big change in how women talk about sex. There's so much in what you just said that I want to unpack. First thing I want to ask you is when you said that you were in the music industry before, Mm -hmm. what were you doing and who were your sheroes? God, so many. Well, I worked at Rolling Stone for a couple of years in the promotion department. So that was kind of an interesting place to be. I learned a lot about the business of magazines by working in there. I also worked at Spin, but I mean, I grew up with Patti Smith. I was very much into rock and As a younger person, I grew up in the suburbs and it was all like Led Zeppelin and classic rock, you know, and then it was such a revelation to hear Patty. I think I was in eighth or ninth grade. It was just like, oh my God, she's amazing. (laughs) Why don't we pick a Patty Smith song to go to here? Okay. All Patty songs are amazing, but I think Gloria is probably one of my all-time favorites. She just blew my mind when I heard it for the first time. Jesus died for somebody's sins, but not mine. Milton, pot of thieves, wild cord of my sleeve, thick heart of stone. My sins, my own, they belong to me. Me. Say beware, but I don't care. The words are just rules and regulations to me. me. Hensel of Bust Magazine is here with us on Shiro's Radio. She is the creative director and co-founder of the magazine, which is celebrating its 30th anniversary this year and a song that was meaningful and an artist that was meaningful to Lori and to so many of us, Patti Smith. And I would love to also talk about how you got 
into media through music magazines, which I still feel like are not super kind to women. What was your experience like in those spaces? Yeah. Oh, God. Well, I never liked Rolling Stone magazine. I'm just going to come out and say that. It was just a job and I was able to get a job there. And so I was grateful to have a job. I don't know what it's like today. I don't look at it. But anytime there was a woman on the cover, it was overly sexualized, pretty gross. And they were all, I mean, Jan Wenner, come on. They didn't get it. They didn't get punk rock. They didn't get indie stuff, in my opinion. I just never liked how they covered that stuff. They may have changed, but when I worked there in 1992 or 91, it didn't feel like they understood. I don't think there were any women that had high roles there. There may have been, but I didn't see them. So one of the things with Bust and covering women was like, we weren't going to overly sexualize them unless they wanted to be. I mean, some people, that's like their thing and that's cool, but... In general, we were interested in portraying women as more from the music side and more from, the, you know, their attitude, not just like stick them in a bikini and, you know, although sex does sell. Still. Yeah. Yes. And we do kind of sexualize men and bust, <laughs> which probably now is not cool to say, but very early on, we would have one guy interview. It was called The Boy Du Jour. It's still called that, where we would pick a hot guy that we all loved and interview them, you know, because why should the guys have all the fun, you know, or we're straight people, I should say. Yeah. And what else, looking back at 30 years of bust, what features did you keep and what features have fallen by the wayside? We kind of really haven't changed that much. <laughs> Maybe we should be changing more, but we've always covered DIY and crafts. The sex is still in there. The one-handed read isn't has been in every issue since God knows when. When you were talking about how women were portrayed on the cover of Rolling Stone versus how they are portrayed in Bust, and you're the perfect person to talk to about this since you're the creative director, with both music magazines and even women's magazines, in fact, I feel like particularly with women's magazines, it doesn't make the average person feel good. It makes us feel bad. There's always some sort of unattainable standard that we're trying to live up to. And I think about in music, being seen and the male gaze and what that experience is like, especially in the internet and digital age and social media. So my question for you is, as the woman in charge of that for Bust, how do you navigate all of that? And what have you seen in terms of how the women who come to be featured in your magazine feel about their experience? Well, I hope they feel good about it. <laughs> I'm sure maybe some of them haven't in the past, but you know, one of the things we used to always say like with our fashion stories is no dead bodies laying on the ground, you know, like that's like a trope that you'll see in a lot of fashion stories. The women could not be like looking like they were dead or it's hard for me to put into words exactly how I know, but I just know when I'm making pictures or working with a photographer, there's certain ways that you can ask the person to stand or to sit that feels powerful. So we try to do that. Now that you have all these years of experience under your belt, do you have rules of the road in terms of how women are portrayed in bust? I kind of don't because everybody's different, right? You know, some artists maybe want to wear like not a lot of clothes. They're comfortable with that. So I go with what the artist is about it's very collaborative when we do our cover shoots. We're not like a typical magazine that says, you have to wear this Dolce & Gabbana, you know, because like, we don't have that 
problem. I'm using air quotes because that's a problem of having a lot of advertisers, <laughs> which we don't have, you know, who would demand that you put the subject in a certain outfit or whatever. So it is very collaborative. I like to work with the artists and the stylists and come up with things that they feel comfortable in that make them feel good. Bust is very much the underdogs that continue to survive in spite of the fact that you go against the norms and don't subscribe to the rules. Yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit about how emotionally you all have been able to weather all of the financial storms and keep going? Well, we're a very small group of women, but we all support each other. And yeah, there's been some very difficult times, but we're like a family. So, you know, we all kind of know how to deal with one another. So that's how we have weathered the difficult parts. Why do you feel that it's still important to keep going? Yeah, obviously women are not equal yet in this world that we live in. There's all kinds of issues. So we're always going to want to fight for things like reproductive rights. My God, now it's worse than ever. I mean, I would never in a million years thought that we were going to be in this place that we're in now. So it's very important to keep going because there's still a need for it, sadly. I mean, when we started BUS, I never thought that we would go for very long, you know, and I would have thought that things would have been better for women. You know, maybe in some ways they are, but in a lot of ways they're worse. And yeah, I think as long as there's a need for it, we want to try to help people, whether it's like letting women tell their stories directly. We run a lot of personal stories and bust from people and the historical stuff. You know, women have been erased from history. And so we like to bring to light surprising historical stories. And I think those are very inspiring to people. Why don't we go to a song that you feel like connects with those first days of Bust when it was still a zine? Probably the Bikini Kill, Rebel Girl. I'm not sure what year they came on the scene, probably maybe a couple of years after us, but that spirit was very, you know, girls to the front kind of thing was very important to us and our readers in the early 90s. Can you share with our listeners what that was? I feel like now there's this resurgence and interest in Riot Girl, and like it's awesome. Bikini Kill is out on tour. La Tigra is going back out on tour. The 90s are sort of coming back around and are trendy. But I don't know if you say girls to the front, how many people really know what that right. was about. I don't know what that means. Because, you know, I always listened to rock and punk and I went to a lot of shows and the guys were always slam dancing in the front. And if you got mixed in that, you know, you might get like a black eye. So the Riot Girl bands would say, you know, girls to the front, let them come up. And it was so invigorating to have all those women freaking out to the music, which was like just pure joy. I mean, I saw Bikini Kill very early when they played and I love them. I have a memory of seeing La Tigra. It was at Irving Plaza, which is a pretty big venue. And it was like, I don't know, a thousand women and non-binary people just all singing along. It was so moving. Like it literally made me cry because it was just like an incredible rock experience that was, you know, different than it had been. All that male energy, you know, was fine, whatever. <laughs> I had plenty of punk rock that I love and rock and roll, whatever, despite the gender. But, you know, there was something about having that female energy, you know, and the Riot Girls with a lot of screaming, a lot of like just heavy sounds that was great.
Bikini Kill on Shiro's Radio, a pick by today's guest, Lori Hensel, who is the co-founder and creative director of Bust Magazine, celebrating their 30th anniversary this year. When you think about what's out on the newsstands and what we are fed in terms of media and what BUST stands for. I asked you the question earlier about like what keeps you all going and I'm sitting over here going, it's astonishing to me that there aren't more BUSTs out there. Well, there were, but they've all closed down because they couldn't make money. Why do you think that is? Because, well, the patriarchy still is very strong. Right. I mean, it's not called history for nothing. Books, all media is it's made by men and it has been historically. It's changing. There are more women doing it. But even even the women's magazines and the women's websites, they're all run by men. We recently actually were acquired by a company that's run by a man. <laughs> Luckily, he lets us do what we want to do. But I mean, it's true when women tell a story, they're going to tell it a certain way different than man. Just like a person of color, their stories have to be told and they've got to tell it, not some white person, which is how it's been forever here and most parts of the world too. So what I'm hearing you say is that it is a man's world, Mm -hmm. that Bust has survived in spite of that. (laughs) And that part of the reason why you soldier on is that you feel, do you feel a sense of duty even to keep that going because there is such a lack. Yeah. And we do it because it's fun for us. I mean, we enjoy it. <laughs> yes. Thank you <laughs> for that. If it wasn't fun, yes. we would not be doing it. Yes. You know, it is really great to write about, meet people that you admire and let people tell their stories. Like that's still very important to us and we enjoy it. Maybe we could think about another song and I was wondering if we could tie it to... Who was the biggest get that you personally were really excited about? PJ Harvey was a big get for us because I just loved her from the first second I ever heard her. She was really kind of shy and awkward at the photo shoot. She did not like to have her picture taken. We got a bunch of clothes from the stylist she would not wear. She wore like her own ripped up t-shirt. She was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I I remember at the time I was kind of annoyed. I was like, geez, I hired this stylist. She worked really hard to get all these clothes, and she's just like, that, I'm not doing that. So I love PJ, and that was, that was a great cover, and it was also kind of a prickly interview because we always ask everybody, do you consider yourself a feminist? And she said no, I think. What's your favorite PJ Harvey song? Sheila in the gig. Have you ever seen those ancient sculptures? They look like gargoyles, but it's basically a woman pulling her vagina lips open. It's like really gaudy and like fucked up. <laughs> it's great. DJ Harvey on Shiro's Radio, a pick from today's guest, Lori Hensel, who is the co-founder and creative director of Bust Magazine. It's their 30th anniversary this year. All right. So while we were listening to that song, Lori, you pulled out the actual cover story with PJ Harvey. When was it? Fall 04. And you have a quote there for us? 
Yeah. So the writer says, while I was aware that PJ had dismissed feminism in the past, I was disappointed to find that she continues to distance herself from it. Even more baffling was the fact that after our relatively benign conversation and photo shoot, there came concerns from her camp about her being aligned with a feminist flagship magazine. So, yeah, I got yelled at by the publicist. I don't even remember why. But, um, <laughs> so. Okay. Can we talk about this for a second? Sure. Because I've had people that don't want to come onto the show because it is a show that's focused on women. And I say everyone that isn't male, all welcome. Right. But one artist recently said, you know, I won't do it because of that, because I don't want to be tokenized and I don't want to be boxed in by that. Right. It's tough. You know, we have a legacy. People get it now. We're pretty well known in circles that we deal with, but... It's disappointing to me, but if that's how you feel about it, I guess, you know, I can see both sides when women who are in the music business say, I don't want to be called a woman artist. I'm an artist. I get that. Patti Smith is very much like that. She said the same thing in our interview with her. She was like, no, I'm just an artist. Don't call me a woman artist. So I get it. They want to be on the level playing field, but it's not level yet. I have mixed feelings about it. Yeah, that's their opinion. So we have to respect that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to almost workshop that a little bit. Like, how do we navigate that better? How do we get out of the double bind? Because I I hear it also from artists who come on the show, like, thank God, I needed this so bad. Most of the journalists I talk to are men. I always feel like I'm self-editing. I hear that a lot. I don't even really realize it, but I'm doing this dance because I don't want to offend the person or the publication that I'm talking to. Sure. So... This is such a refreshing opportunity to have a conversation where I'm not thinking about that. And I hear that about women's experiences going into studios where there's a female engineer or a female producer. So I think about that and I think, okay, so it is still important to identify ourselves in those ways because it signals this is safe. It's okay. You can come here and feel free. But on the other side... I also understand wanting to remove gender from the conversation. Does any of that ring a bell for you with Bust? Yes, of course. I have always hired, I would say, 99.9% of our shoots are women photographers or women identifying photographers for that very reason. I just, I'm sick of the male gaze, okay? (laughs) I get it everywhere, so I don't want to have it in my own magazine. But, you know, in terms of the language... Things have definitely changed in 30 years with feminism. And I find it fascinating. The things that we would say 20 years ago, you don't say those things anymore. Like I'm also thinking about our friends run an abortion activist group, Abortion Front. They used to be called Lady Parts Justice, but people were not happy with that moniker. And so they changed it to Abortion Front, which is more clear. You learn, you know, and we, we've learned a lot of things. Most of the people that work at BUS are hetero cis women. So, you know, we try to make sure we hire queer writers so that it's not just us speaking all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you brought up the question that you say you've always asked and you continue to ask, mm-hmm. are you a feminist? Mm-hmm. I really was curious about that because I like to ask that question also. Mm-hmm. How's the answer to that question changed over the 30 years? And do you feel that it is still an important question to ask? Yes, I do. It's funny. 
it's kind of come around. So in the beginning, people were not comfortable saying that they were a feminist. And then I would say for about 15, 20 years in the 2000s, you had to call yourself a feminist, right? Like any actress or actor wouldn't dare say that they weren't feminist. But now it's kind of coming around again where people are like, well, I don't really like that term. I'm a humanist. You're hearing a lot of humanist answers again. So, I mean, times change. I don't know. I don't think feminism is a bad word, but maybe some people don't like it. Well, let me put that question to you, Lori. Are you a feminist and what does feminism mean to you? Yes, I am a feminist. It just means that all people should be equal. That's what it means. All people should have equal opportunity and be treated fairly as you would the other one. It's pretty straightforward, I think. Lori Hensel is our guest today on Shiro's Radio. She is the co-founder and creative director of Bust Magazine, celebrating their 30th anniversary this year. There's a new issue coming in March, just a few weeks away. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be an anniversary issue? You know, probably this summer. We just closed the spring issue just the other day. So starting to think about the next issue. Who is the cover? For spring is Tessa Thompson. Awesome. She's awesome. The issue that's out now is Christina Ricci. So that'll be on the stands for another month. It was great to get her in bust because that's someone that we have wanted since the 90s and we could never get her. Now we got her. So that was good. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. She's wonderful. Yeah. Anything musical you want to talk about from the middle decade? We could talk about Missy Elliott. Great. Because I love her. Awesome. We had her in bust many years ago. She was great. Very cool. And I just adore her. Emily, our managing editor, reminded me that in Work It, there's that part where she sings backwards. And we always, in the office, used to sing it as she was saying, it's your feminism. <laughs> we used to think that she was saying, it's your feminism. Missy Elliott and Work It uh, pick from today's guest on Shiro's Radio, Lori Hensel, who's the co-founder and creative director of Bust Magazine. It's their 30th anniversary this year. One of the things I was also thinking about coming to talk to you today was when you started Bust, you were in your 20s, I want to say. So I was wondering for Bust, do you think that the things that you feel passionate about to cover, has that evolved in step with you as you? you evolve in your life as a woman? Hmm. Well, I've always admired old ladies. Like I love a cranky old lady. Yes. <laughs> so I feel like I've been sensitive to that for a long time, but definitely as you get older and you experience ageism or aging in general, you're like, oh my God, I get it now. But we've always tried to have older and young voices and bust. But, you know, and you know, one of the things I hate to say it, but sometimes when we would have older women on the cover, those issues didn't sell very well. And that was very disappointing to me as our audience was like, really? You're not going to buy this because this is like a 60-year-old woman on the cover? Like, that sucks. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you respond to that? Is that something that now you've had to make that tough decision about? No, we didn't let it. We we were just like, okay, that sucks, but like, we're not going to stop doing this thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a one of the privileges of life is to get to be old. But the cool thing I like about it is like, I definitely don't care as much about things as when I was younger. A lot of things just roll off now. And that's 
great. That's really something to look forward to. I always tell young people, like, it's not that bad. You know, (laughs) there's things that will be great when you're older. And, you know, my therapist is 93. Like, she's fucking amazing. I love her. She She's so inspiring. And whenever I'm like, I feel old, she's just like laughs. She says, I'm 93. (laughs) Shut up. It's all relative. The thing that breaks my heart, though, is that I talk to artists that are in their 30s and they still feel like they're running out of time. Yeah. For their careers. It's terrible. May that change. I know. I, it, it's awful, right? Because artists, I think, usually get better as they have more experience and, you know, certainly in music. Well, that's another thing where I feel like I carry a certain responsibility to celebrate women of all ages. And yeah. again, that's why I was curious about how Bust has handled that and if you felt similarly. Yeah. No, we're um, we're in the crone zone. Yes. We're all about being in the crone zone. <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> Looking ahead, Lori, yeah. what do you see in the future for Bust? I hope we can just continue and grow. I would love to have a wider reach. And I would love to see things change for women for the better. And I would love to hand off Bust to some young people that would carry the torch and maybe make it different, you know, maybe change it in ways that I wouldn't know how to. But just going to keep chugging along like we have been and hope that people like it. I always ask this question before I close each interview. I give you the Shiro's magic wand. And the Shiro's magic wand has the power to change anything for women in music, women in journalism, women in popular culture. What would you change? Hmm, That's a tough question. I know. (laughs) There's so many options. I know. So many things to change. I think that bodily autonomy for women is very important because it just affects everything. affects their lives and everyone's lives around them and the economy and everything. So I would like it to be that anyone who wants an abortion can get an abortion no matter what. Even if you just want to have one, you should be allowed to. You don't have to give a reason. Something that I think is so simple and should already be happening. That's a good one. It's been so fun to hang out with you today. Thank you for doing this. Happy anniversary. Can't wait to hear of the plans. How should we go out today? You want to pick a song, something current that's inspiring you? I really like that new Yeah, Yeah, Yeah song with Perfume Genius on it. Spitting off the edge of the world. Yeah, let's see that one. I love that. Thanks to Lori Hensel. Thank you for being with us on Shiro's. Thank you. Many 
thanks once again to Lori Hensel of Bust Magazine for joining us. And happy 30th anniversary to Bust. Subscribe now to get Bust delivered to your door or give as a gift to a Shiro in your life. And check out Bust.com for more. Shiro's is produced by me, is mixed and mastered by Kelly Drake. Our original theme music is by Lucius. Shiro's is also a nationally syndicated radio show. You can visit Shiro'sRadio.com to find out more and support our work with Patreon or merch from the Shiro's shop. Keep in touch on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Carmel Holt or find us at Shiro's Radio. And please consider leaving us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. That helps us grow and bring you more Shiro's. Until next time, remember, music is our superpower. I'm Carmel Holt. Thanks for listening.